1: Women to Watch is the vehicle for developing new leaders, encouraging younger generations, and in building self-esteem for future entrepreneurs. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to another week of Women to Watch here on WWDB, Talk 860, and Womentowatch.net. I want to give you our call-in number if you're listening to the show this afternoon and you would like to join us. Feel free to call 888 Three two nine thirty three zero six. That's 888-329-3306. We have a very special guest this afternoon, and uh, it's kind of an unusual interview for me. I'm uh, broadcasting from Ireland with Cecilia Ahern. She is author and the daughter of the former Prime Minister of Ireland. We are going to take a quick break for our sponsors, and we come back, we'll get right started.
2: i'm jocelyn Ewart, founding principal of entrust financial in wayne pennsylvania and it is my pleasure to share financial tips with you during my monthly segment on women to watch i hope you are a regular listener like i am and that you are finding the personal finance tips i provide helpful some of the topics we have discussed so far this year are how to get organized how to help your children learn good money habits how to create that all-important travel budget, and what steps are needed as you prepare for retirement. Now I have truly exciting news for you, news you can share with your family and friends. As a veteran certified financial planner professional, I just published my first book, Balancing Act, Wealth Management Straight Talk for Women. It is filled with inspiring real case studies to help you and other women move past fear, build confidence, and make the right decisions without financial concerns. Just go to Amazon.com to purchase your copy. And please, write a review for Balancing Act, Wealth Management Straight Talk for Women. I look forward to reading it.
1: So, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to another week of Women To Watch. Uh, This is a a very special um, episode for me because I'm sitting in the beautiful uh, offices of Cecilia Ahern in Malahide, Dublin, my first visit here. And we're going to be talking all about uh, Cecilia's career as a novelist and a TV and movie creator, producer, perhaps, um, and also the daughter of the previous Prime Minister of Ireland, Bertie Ahern. So, Cecilia, thank you so much for thank letting you. me come visit you in Malahide. Oh, thank you for coming all the way. All the way. <laughs> it's a long way for an interview. You're very but, welcome. Yeah, I'm very excited to sit with you, and I um, I was probably doing some research as I usually do day yeah. to day and came across your profile and, and saw uh, the work that you're doing and the success that you've had as a writer. And thought it would be a wonderful opportunity for me to come and learn a little bit about, uh, a little bit more about women in Ireland, and help to promote your most recent book, uh, which is called Flawed. That's right. Um, But we're going to start, as we always do, we start at the very beginning uh, in my interviews, and I understand that you, uh, actually, were you born and raised in Dublin? Yes, in this yes. little village that we're in, I'm born and raised. I haven't moved very far at all. Yeah, <laughs> tell me about the village itself. It does seem very tiny. What are some of the highlights of Malahide? It's um, so it's a seaside town. It's a suburban town, and it's yes. about thirty
3: minutes from Dublin city. So it's. I think you get the best of both worlds. You you get kind of the the beautiful sea. Um, the relaxation and the peace of the sea and that lovely little quiet village but then you're also not far from the city so yeah. it, it's the best of
1: both worlds I, think. I guess most people travel from here into Dublin then for work exactly yes. yeah. Yeah. yeah there's not much there's yeah. no industry here or
3: well people well yes mainly people are to the city yes yeah, yeah
1: yeah so tell me you know as a, as a daughter of a politician I'll yeah. say um, that must have been different than, than yeah. some of your yeah. um, friends and in, in their growing up experience. I guess I would want to know, um, did you, growing up, did you see your father's position and his role and some of the things that he went through as something that perhaps you would be interested in later in life or was it more of, that's not something I ever want to pursue? Oh, I think I always
3: knew that I would never you want did. to be a politician. Yeah. Um, I think being a politician is, is like a calling. You know, I think you either have it in you to be that person um, or not. You know, and I certainly didn't have it in me. It's a very hard life, you know, very difficult life. And um, my dad was and is an absolute workaholic and, and you know, poured his whole life into working. And you don't always get a huge amount of thanks for it, you know. You That's cannot right. please everybody, and sometimes you please nobody. Yeah. So um, I could see that, but I, and I think it's definitely a passion. We're similar in a way, you know. We, we both, my dad and me, are have followed our passions, mm-hmm. so we throw ourselves into it um, and give it 100%. But um, I think very, like, he deals with reality, and I deal with fiction, right. <laughs> <laughs> so right. it's quite different. Yeah, but. Um, I was always in awe of everything he did, but I, I never, ever could have felt that I, it would be something that I would be able to do. Um, because he was always working, and my parents were separated, we would go away with him every Sunday, so Sundays were our dad day. Is that right? So okay. he would, And he was always working, so yeah. we would go to events all around the country, if he was opening this or making a speech at that, or we didn't know where we were going to go. We'd hop into the car on Sunday Was day exciting? it exciting? It was, yeah. yeah it was. Yeah. Sometimes it was. And sometimes not. You yeah. know, And sometimes yeah. you Sometimes just, you didn't want to go. I'm exactly. Sure. Yeah. And sometimes um, it was very... Me and my sister were quite shy, and so we would be thrown into a lot of situations where we would not know what on earth was going on. You know, yeah. we really didn't understand. Yeah. Uh, but it taught us a lot. We, we got to see so much of other people's lives and, and the world from their own eyes mm-hmm. um, and that's really important I think to take children out of their bubble yes
1: you know that they live in so
3: so we learned an awful lot um and we went with them you know we'd spend days sitting in the, <laughs> sitting in the office it sounds terrible dad brought, brought the kids to the office but really we loved it I messed with the phones and the computers
1: and, <laughs> was you know, to play
3: with. it was always something to do it was uh it was very interesting I definitely got to see it see exactly the kind of life that he had
1: now was there in the united states as you i'm sure you're aware uh, any you know politicians uh, families can often be under scrutiny and, and be yeah. in the public eye is that the same as here in ireland or yes, or did yes it is yes, definitely um so he was always he
3: was in politics all my life and and quite high up in politics all my life so even from the age of five um you know, obviously they're kind of your first, they're my first memories really, I always remember people just looking yes. at him and us, mostly at him, a lot of the time, you know, and you would hear the things that people would say as well, you know, when he would walk by and some people wouldn't know that you're with him, so oh, you kind of hear oh, the things. Yes, the thing. yes. And it's, so it's funny, so in a way you're part of the people being looked at, and then you're, you're on the outside of it as well, and you're, you're hearing what the people are saying, not your face. So um, it's interesting, yes. <laughs> it's an interesting way to live life. Um so yeah, he was always very high in politics, and um, I suppose, you know, the boring answers you just get used to is that, yeah, that is you life. do. It is what it is. It is what it is. It is what it is. And, it is. and um, I think if anything, it taught my, me and my sister to be a lot more careful. We were a lot more guarded. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I know, probably still. Um, I know I'm a lot. I let lose a lot more than I would have when I was younger. But very careful of the people that I let into my life. And I, bet. I think that's probably come from that. Yes. Which is no bad thing, really.
1: Yeah. You know, just make. I, I just kind of do screening. That's <laughs> right. You have to be cautious, yes, but sometimes it, you yeah. don't want to be too guarded that yeah. you miss opportunities, that's it. right? And yeah. and it's interesting because as a fictional writer, I, I picture you as a young girl having an imagination. Mm and using that and did you this is maybe an obvious question use some of the encounters you had growing up meeting new people and new cultures um, different parts of Ireland in your storytelling not
3: consciously it's like but yes because I think everything that you write about it's you're absorbing the world around you all the time every day Um, a lot of people ask me Oh, do you listen to other people's conversations? Or do you go to cafes and listen? I remember Maeve Binchy used to say that she did that. She would write down other people's conversations. And I think I'm the total opposite. <laughs> I, I really just... I live in my head, and I zone out everything around me. And I'm kind of analysing. I'm taking things from the life around me, but I'm, I'm analysing them in my head so much that I'm in my own little world. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense, because in a way I am absorbing the world around me, but I'm not really... I'm not listening to what people are right. saying. I think I'm just...
1: Taking very, it all taking in a it a in. story yeah. comes
3: out. So it's absorbing it, observing it, and then analysing it, and just plucking things from different places, but never taking a moment that I witness and put that in a novel. I would never right. do that, or I would never take a person and say, oh, I'm going to write about them. Mm-hmm. It's really just about taking moments and feelings and tones and the look on someone's face or, um, or a phrase that someone says. It, it's... It's never taking the exact thing Yeah, if that makes sense.
1: Well, it, it, I just keep thinking of the word um, imagination because yes. as kids growing up, we were pre-technology and we were go outside and play yes. and, and create. All day. And make things <laughs> yes, up. Yeah. And so as a young girl, my, my girlfriends and I were always using our imagination and, and just creating stories. So if you had to... If there was one word that <laughs> describes what you do to come up with a story when you say you live in your own head mm. um are you creating stories or do you think that you are and maybe I'm asking the same question again when you go out into life and, and you have conversations and you see certain things and and most of your stories are about relationships and people mm. um how Where, do they come about? How did, yeah. Yes. How does it come about? It's, I mean,
3: every novel is different, and so it, that's a very—it's always a very difficult question to answer. How do you get your idea? But I suppose if we were to point at each novel, I could say, well, that came from this, um, you know, and this new idea I have for my new novel came from a phrase that someone said. And most of the time, everything goes over my head, <laughs> but sometimes things will just—if someone says something or I hear something and I get really excited about it, it's like a, it is a light bulb moment, because yeah. it just, it's like,
1: it's you know, an one an aha, of those, pin- we
3: call that aha moment, that's it, yeah. and it's like a pinball machine, everything's going bing 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 in my head, and yeah. the idea keeps growing, and it grows legs, and then other characters develop, and it's a really amazing moment, so it doesn't happen all the time, it's just, it could be a phrase that
1: I hear, as, as I yeah. said, or, and then, then you yeah. think, that can be a whole yeah. story, yeah. Or and it, or it or just yeah.
3: grows, and grows, and grows, and sometimes, or, or I want to research it more, and uh, learn more about that, um, so, flawed, which is my latest novel, for example, that is a, that is based on the fact that, that I, I believe that we live in a very judgmental society, mm-hmm. and one that's quick to point the finger at people and publicly shame. Um, and I was feeling so power, so strong about that, and I think it was building and building, and I was tired of you know reading. New stories. Who are we shaming today? What person made some decision in their, in their life that we are now deeming a mistake? You know, yes. how dare they? Right. they as resolve. if we you know, have never. Exactly, as yeah. if we have never made a mistake. And so that, that story came from that. And that story then is about a society that doesn't tolerate imperfection. Mm-hmm. And if you make a mistake, moral or ethical, then you're branded with an F and you must live as a second-class citizen. So that just came from, the, from me thinking, that's already what we're doing to each other, we're already labelling, labelling each other. Um, and, and in a big way, publicly, yeah, because publicly, we can, right. yeah. yeah. So and that, so that's how that developed. But then if I could, you know, I have another novel called 100 Names, and that came about from half watching the MTV Awards, <laughs> which, was, <laughs> which was on in the background, and this actress came on and said, here's the preview um, trailer of my new movie, and I thought she said, 100 Names. And I thought, oh, and then, you know, that, that moment, bam, I loved it. it I loved the title it did so much to me I started thinking about what could that be about so I started creating my own ideas in my head and then when I paid attention to the trailer it was called the Hunger Games and I had completely misheard oh. <laughs> So what an unusual way to get an idea. Yes. So I misheard a title and I had my own title and I had my own idea. Yeah. So that was it. You know, it'll come to me in all different ways.
1: Yeah. Do you ever have um, a philosophy or a belief or something when you begin to write a book and then when you've gone through the whole process and you've gotten to the end of the story that you learn something new that changes your thinking about that? That's a
3: good question. Um... I think, well, when I start to write, I always know my ending and I always know, no, I kind of always know what my, what my, what the feeling is of it and what my message is. I know you should, I don't, people disagree that you should write a novel with a message, but it, it always, I think it's my voice. Mm-hmm. It's not so much a message. Um, and that, it doesn't really change, no. No, <laughs> it doesn't. It stays. Because, it's, it's, yeah, I think that's kind of the reason why I'm writing it. I'm trying to get out how I feel. Mm-hmm. Um... I think I learn a lot with every novel, whether it's just through researching the subject or or examining if I was in that situation, what? like it's that what if imagine if scenario that I think every author has when they're writing a novel but that, that they think about when they're writing a novel, what if this happened, and what if that happened? And when you're doing that, you're constantly learning. yes, because if I was to put myself in that character's situation.
1: How do I think I would feel? Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like method acting in a way. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Can you talk about what the aha moment was for the book that you're writing now? Tell me the
3: title again. Um, so, Liar Bird is, is my new book. Um, mm. Actually, that I was referring to as the book I haven't even started to write yet, so oh I'm oh, not okay. going to mention that one. <laughs> okay. um, but Liar Bird is the new novel, and that was, yeah, that moment was when. Um, I was sitting with my daughter in the car waiting for her gymnastics class to start and I, I don't know what our conversation was about but then I told her there is a bird called a lyrebird and that um, mimics the sounds of all humans and everything around it. It mimics birds, humans. And so I showed it to her on, on my phone, I went to YouTube and there was David Attenborough, brilliant David Attenborough, who was showing a clip of his new show and it's this fantastic little bird who has the ability to mimic every little sound around us? Um, this is a real, bird. a real bird. Oh, so I've it. Never heard of yeah, that. so it's an Australian bird that lives in um, uh, the national forest. Like very shy bird, it's rarely seen, and it um, it mimics like drills, like camera shutters of the people who were filming him. Um, all birds, like a parrot. I mean, it's like, parrot, like a parrot, but, but but kind of human sounds, machines. It was mimicking car alarms. Uh, it was fascinating, and so she was so amazed by it that the two were started trying to mimic the sounds you know let 's try and make the sound of a car alarm. and then I had that bing moment that aha aha moment right where I thought, what if there was a person who had the ability who had lyre qualities and so the challenge for me was to write a novel where I learned all about this bird and gave a human a woman uh, lyrebird characteristics oh I love that so yeah, yeah. I love that and, and it's all, a lot of it is about um, how in touch with nature and the world she is if she's living in the mountains very elusive shy character but so rooted with the earth that she's able to mimic everything around her and that's how she communicates in a way Um, and you know, does that thing that a lot of people don't do is that she reflects and mm. stops and yeah. it's a calm life. Right. So, um, yeah, I really enjoyed writing about that because we're moving away so much from that.
1: Yes, absolutely. And, you know, one of the questions I had for you, when I think of writers, um, obviously that's something you do alone, by yourself, mm. in quiet. Um, I, I wonder if there's a commonality amongst writers that they have that desire or need to be alone in their work as opposed to interacting with mm. people on a regular basis where there's energies that kind of distract you from what you're doing right totally love what you're saying yes absolutely yeah. and particularly as
3: i'm i've just written libraries and i'm kind of talking about it more now that is absolutely um you learn more about yourself as you said yeah so yeah. i i love working alone when some people say, Is that not boring being on your own all day writing? I love it. You love it? I love yeah. it being, You know, yeah. I'm an introvert, I suppose, and I, I, I absolutely love it. Which you do not appear to be at
1: all well, from the minute I met you. <laughs> really, you just exude this wonderful vibe. But you
3: positive. can be sociable. you know, yeah, that's guess the funny so. thing yes. about being yes. an introvert it's not necessarily shy, but just re- really like reflection and being alone mm-hmm. and not actually need that. Yeah. Um, and then when you go out in the road, then promoting, it is. I do find it draining to be around people so much. Not that I don't like it, but I find it draining yes. because I have to give so much yes. of myself. And yeah. also I think if you're a person who can empathise easily with other people, you can take on a lot of that energy. Yes, right. yeah. So, um, yeah, I do find that when I go back, here, mm-hmm. I walk into this office, I close the door, and Everybody I say, is. hello, room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hello, friend. <laughs>
1: hello. So, um, and then everything, you know, yeah. I just root myself, I suppose, yeah. I grind myself again. No, I love that. I, I, I understand that, because mm. it is true. I think it's very insightful of you to recognize that and know <laughs> I, that, I know. right? Because I think of some people yeah. um, perhaps have that same need, but they don't, don't really, understand the yeah. energy of others, and so they're in a, they're kind of stuck in, in a place in that doesn't feel good to them. but
3: And then it's very easy. It's, it's difficult for people who can't get away if you're in a job. I mean, I'm able to step away and kind of focus my energies on myself and reflect and, and write novels. Yeah. Um, but if you're in a big office environment, I know it's very, very difficult to to also... Because the extrovert is kind of the celebrated person at the moment. You know, it's better to shout your ideas out really loud. At Give that your minute. opinions. Give your opinions. Yeah. Um <clears throat> And it doesn't really favour the quieter, more introspective person. So yeah. yeah,
1: it is that is a struggle for people. Yeah, you know, one of the things we talk about on the show a lot is is the power of um, self awareness, mm. especially for women. And I think it's probably the number one thing any man or woman. Uh, needs to be successful, because the more self-aware you are, the better choices you will make, you know, Mm -hmm. you'll follow the path you're meant to. Um, Talk to me a little bit about that, how you feel, and do you consciously make a decision to reflect? Um, I know you're reflecting for your work Mm -hmm. and, you know, in your writings, but um, for your own personal development have you done that, and and what is your uh, view on on why that's important for women in particular? I can I do agree with that completely, and I I always used to
3: say um, know yourself. You know, mm-hmm. if ever um, people were moving, you know people moving in all kinds of different directions, and it's there was no kind of it wasn't grounded or rooted, or there was no straight line. <laughs> I Don't yeah. know how to explain it. Yeah. But I always say to my friends, know yourself, just. You know, why, why are you going in lots of different directions? Yeah. Just focus. Um, that's, that's a huge part um, of me. I absolutely have to grind myself. And I'm, I'm kind of stubborn in a way where I will only take on things where I know it's me. I oh, if this makes sense.
1: No, the only be, things that, that yeah, feel that, true to you? Yeah, that
3: feel true to me, yeah. yeah I can't lie to myself, and I know I like to challenge myself. That's different, but um, yeah, it has to be true to me. Did you do that when you were younger, though? I yeah, think we, we, we get we
1: get better at that
3: through. the older we get. I think that um, when, I, when I was younger, I used to spend, I was a very sociable girl, and also growing up as a teenager, I was a performer, so I did singing and dancing. Um, I did a lot of shows. I was on stage performing. But I was kind of an introverted performer. So I wasn't like all the other ones who were going out jazz hands. Like I always had <laughs> jazz hands. Yeah, well, yeah. I was doing the jazz hands too. Yeah. But I was always nervous before and, and not like them. So um, I, w- I was always very reflective and, yeah. um, and analysing things in my head. That definitely became bigger at 14 and I started writing more at that age. Um, at 19, I started getting, suffering very badly with anxiety. Mm. And I think that was a huge, huge turning point in my life. Because I started to, the performer inside me left, and then this person was just this very lost person. But I remember being told that um, something out of 10 people suffer from anxiety or from panic attacks. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting on a bus or wherever I was in a crowded room going, Who are the people? Because I cannot see. <laughs>
1: <Everyone>. <laughs> Nobody is feeling what no, I'm feeling. everyone looks fine, not true.
3: which yeah. is not true. But right. that taught me a lot. And what I started to do then was. Start, I started looking at people and thinking, what is going on inside their heads that we cannot see? What is their mm. issue? What? What? Because I wanted to know. There was so much going on inside of me. Were you sharing that with anyone that no one loved you? Well, yeah. yes, my family knew because okay. it, it was really. I literally could not leave my house. At some stage, and uh-huh. I got very, very bad. Yeah. Um. But, but what did I do? I retreated and I decided to write PS I Love You. And that was. I was going through that period of my life where I was. Um, just trying to rebuild myself and trying to understand myself, and that was a big time of reflection. And look what came out of it. Yes. <laughs> yes. So um, I really poured my heart and soul into that novel, going on a very similar journey to the character. It was a, that's a book about grief, um, about lose, a character who loses her husband, and he leaves ten letters for her, you know, one a month to open, um, oh. and she has to carry out whatever message he has. Wow! Kind of set up for her. Yeah. Um, and in a way I was writing, she'd lost her identity, she'd lost a sense of herself. That was very much what I was going through. I mean, she wasn't me, it wasn't my character, but th- the journey was the same. And so this is a very long answer to your question, but this, no, was my, this was my reflective time where I think I started to understand myself a huge amount more and when the,
1: the writing became my saviour in a way. Yeah. So when you, when you discovered that, that writing really was your calling, yeah. did the anxieties subside? um well it was interesting because I thought well this is great I can lock myself
3: away from the world <laughs> no one will know no one will know I mean I'll just write this novel this story and and then I got a my mom said to me she was so encouraging and who hadn't seen me so happy or not even that happy but so kind of fulfilled you know in, yeah in and what time. age was this I'm sorry I was 21 at 21 okay. yeah and I just finished college and um yeah, but I had been, so, like, I'd been anxious for a few years. I was quite bad then. Yeah. And uh, so my mom said, why don't you show this to somebody in the industry and oh. see if you just look for some advice? Because she wanted you know, to motivate yes. me. and right. She yeah. could see that I was doing something I enjoyed, but she really wanted to help move me on. And I thought, well, what? Okay. So I found an agent who's Marianne Gunn-O'Connor, and I'd sent three chapters, and she got back to me and said, I want to see more.
1: Oh, and so, then, so. so it was
3: chapter after chapter, and, um, after 10 chapters, she agreed to represent me, um, so that she was going to send... That was a quick turnaround, you're, yes. right? Don't, yeah. don't
1: people normally or often send off lots and lots of yes. manuscripts and writings? And, and
3: then she said also that she had, uh, she knew who I was, and, um decided that it was going to be terrible. <laughs> um, so she sat on it for about two weeks. She couldn't bring herself to read it because oh, really? she was like, I'm going to have to give a rejection to the uh, oh, Prime Minister's daughter. So, oh, you know, people no. always think it works the opposite way. but uh, right. Right. So um, eventually she agreed to represent me and I got my first book deal within months. So I was going from, and the first thing I had to do, of course, was go on television and go on radio and do right. all the things all that, that I was trying to hide from. Yes. So... You have to face your fears. <laughs> you do. You, <laughs> you, can can't. Run, you can't run away from them. But that was such a big time of my life because, it, sorry, you asked me to get rid of the anxieties. Kind of what happened made me have to deal with it. You know, I had to start traveling the world and yeah. I had a career and I had responsibilities yeah. and that definitely helped me to deal with it. Well, it probably taught you I
1: can do this. Yes, exactly. Right? Yes. Did you have a... Co- what was your coping mechanism? In other words, if you started to... I think we all have um, yeah. tapes in our head that play or, or things that we say to ourselves that really help us to relax in those moments of just... And, and anxiety is different from from nervousness, I would yeah. say. Right, well, or they worry. There were panic
3: attacks. Yes. They were actual physical, you know. Um, but then the panic... But I think people listening if they know if they've ever had a panic attack I think I probably had very few but what I was afraid of was of having another so the anxiety then about having a panic attack becomes larger than the panic attack yeah so it's you know constant um so what did I I I I did a lot to try and I I went to various different people therapists hypnotists And breathing, I think, is the thing that I need to, needed to learn how yeah, to do. Yeah, yeah. It cures a lot of... Yes, breathing yes. is very important. It's an important thing we, we don't... We don't take time, right? We don't know do properly. No, we don't breathe properly. And so I would find myself holding my breath. <laughs> no wonder I was getting old. Right. Um, so that, and just telling... And, I, and I'm still... I'm so far from where I was. Yeah, but still why am I worried? I've done this a million times. Right, yeah. Maybe
1: it's human nature and oh, we will yeah. forever, right? And, and we should I allow ourselves as well. to. You know, yes. I think the
3: day that I go somewhere and won't be nervous will be the day that, you know, maybe I shouldn't say that, but, you know, yeah. it means that I care. I want yes. to deliver. I want, That's right. I don't want to let people down. I want to do be able. Job. Yeah, I want to do a good job. Yeah. So, you know, in a way, ner- as people say, nerves help you, whereas athletes always say nerves are good because That's right.
1: they help so they're the things I tell myself. Yeah, very I good. i well, freaking out. Yes, <laughs> right. Well, it's good for the, you know, um, people who are listening, and men and women, again, I you know, there's not um, a, a rule that says only women suffer from anxiety, oh, men no. do too. Yeah. Um, but it's always just nice to know that there's people all around us feeling those same things. Yes. And you're right. It is a good, um, I had a woman on the show that said, if you're not afraid you know your ego's too big. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. should have a little bit of fear and nervousness because you want to do a good job. That's it. In whatever moment. And somebody told me to
3: also tell people that you're nervous. That's okay because I think yes. before you, uh, you would um, to. Yes. I would try to cover it up. Like being nervous is a bad thing. Yeah. No,
1: um,
3: but it's, it's okay. Normal. So I would find myself going in and saying, "I'm actually quite nervous," and, and it would be, and it would the big secrets I you yes. know yes. Would make you
1: feel better. Yeah, well, that's so, what this show is yeah. all about, We're, you know, tell, yeah. telling the truth and, and realizing that the, those things that shape us, those things that are hard, the personal mm. challenges, are really what um, help to build our, our resilience and our, you know... Um, the ability to move through the tough times because they'll always be there. Absolutely, yeah. and I, and I'm,
3: I really do think that because the simple things were very difficult for me, even the big, the big things were as difficult. <laughs> so it made me, I pushed myself so much um, because you know, achieving more was. Um, I don't know, going out and doing those tough things, traveling to this country and doing that event, or this, that, the other. Yeah. And did you do it, it alone, or did you bring... Um, well, my, so my mom would travel with me the first year, and, and my boyfriend as well, who's my husband. I had people now on my <coughs> own. Now nobody cares anymore. is <laughs> <laughs> like, a big deal. we're so tired of her, and her issues that <laughs> she can do it on her own. Um, right. But yeah, at the beginning, because I, I was, you know, I, I was young, I suppose, at 21, you know.
1: You're still young, oh, yeah, I should yeah. mention. Um, I so, just want to, you know, give a quick update to, to the people listening that I am sitting down with Cecilia Ahern, um, novelist, uh, television and movie creator from Dublin, Ireland, and um, you happen to be a mother. You have two children, Robin and Sonny, which I love those names. (laughs) Tell me what kind of mother you are. You know, what is your philosophy as a parent? Are you one to let the kids explore and and you know kind of find their way, or do you find you know that you're a little bit uh, more strict and
3: trying to guide them? Both. I mean, I'm I'm
1: very lucky with my parents that
3: they allowed me to. So they were very encouraging. Know if I had passions like writing or like singing, dancing, they would encourage that. And, and of course, you know, let me do things that I, I admire them so much for. It. So I tried to do that with my children. Oh, but my parents were very strict as well, so mm. school was more important than anything. Is that right? Um, education. Yeah, education, yeah. very important. <laughs> but also but your passions are as well. So I, I think I'm both. I think I am a very playful mother. I am a down-on-my-hands-and-knees-on-the-floor kind of mother doing stupid voices and characters. And, and um, imagination is probably how I teach a lot of things to them is by creating, by telling stories or by, you know, doing the voice of a tree or a flower. To, you know, I'm all kind of... It's a lot of fun and a lot of playing. Yeah. But then I'm also quite... I notice that I'm, I'm more strict than other moments who let... You know, even at the school today, you know, kids climbing gates and walls, and I'm like, no, stay there. Yeah, <laughs> so, right. so I do see myself as being strict Protective. in that way. Yes, yeah. 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 Um, and I'm not wanting them to be absolute messers, but then also being... I suppose, creative and imaginative and free for them to follow whatever it is that they're... I mean, they're six and four, so... They're six and four, but, yeah. um, But, w- and I and encourage them to be different as well. I like them to be... Well, to be themselves, actually. um, Because I think, you know, I would hate... I think that's a really important thing. If yes. you can be yourself, mm-hmm. then you're immediately unique and different. Because yeah. so much
1: everybody... Everybody now is trying to be the same. Yeah, right. So I really encourage. Them. Now, that's, I think that's probably one of the most important lessons because finding your originality mm. is really the key to um, happiness and, yeah. and just contentness. And the earlier we teach them, the better. Absolutely. And I think when you're younger, the things that make you
3: different can be a curse. in your own opinion but then when you're older those things that make you different are such a gift yeah um they're such a blessing so I want my children to embrace you know all the things that they are now yeah I mean we had a Roald Dahl day it was his anniversary um this week so everyone had to dress up as their favourite Roald Dahl character from the book and um so all the girls were Matilda. Oh,
1: yeah.
3: <laughs> of um, course. And um, my daughter was George. Um, oh. Marvelous medicine. So, um, oh. you know, she—I already. she's not afraid. She's like, I don't, don't want to be a princess, and I don't want to be Oh, a, I love that. Yeah,
1: so that's very much where I come from. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me, when you think about her and having a daughter, um, today's world is very different for women and young girls. We have an abundance of organizations um, and mentors and um resources to kind of help girls believe mm-hmm. that they can do and be whatever they want right it's amazing. it is and it's, amazing and it's so
3: much growing i mean i was at it the is. cinema the other
1: day and there was an arc remember what the ad was for
3: um, but it was about encouraging children to be to be leaders and to be um girls in sport actually it's not yes. just a boy can do it a girl can do it too and i was so moved i started crying at the really? yes, cinema and my yeah. husband just looked at me i thought there was nothing like that when i w- i don't remember there being anything like that when i was younger um just that feeling I have of it just makes me feel so proud. Yes, of I just it, it, I was yes. looking at my daughter and I was willing her to look here. Yeah, here. You could you be president you could oh, be prime minister. Be right? Yeah. Not that I ever felt held back as a as a child, but it's just brilliant. I mean it should be for boys as well. Actually mm-hmm. it's not just that's the only thing I would say, is that yeah. little boys should be seeing all that too. They should. Um but yes that's another conversation but um, yes that's I can't remember what you asked me
1: but yes I I, I didn't ask the question I was kind of laying it out there but I'm curious to know if the same kind of a movement or feeling or the sense of the support for young girls and women is here in Ireland as much as it is I, I believe so yes absolutely um and if they're, you know, if there isn't my hands anyway. <laughs> yeah, good.
3: Good, yeah. And it's a
1: generational thing, I think. Yeah. Clearly, your generation um, and mine has a different um, awareness of it than the generations mm. prior. And it was interesting, as my family and I were traveling around Ireland, I got to see a very, very old-fashioned, the way it was 100 years ago, mm. um, life. And then as we worked our way to Dublin, you know, you could see it changing. <laughs> yeah. Um, what is your hope, I guess, what is your hope for your daughter when it comes to that? What would you like to see her beside you know you want her to find her originality and be who she is yeah mm-hmm. and i but i think there's a lot of with all of this confidence that women are giving themselves
3: we are kind of the generation of the women who 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 have been given the opportunity to do it all you know to have mm-hmm. the job and, and that's a lot of pressure that's right and yes. it's not it's not easy actually and it's okay to say that you can't have it all it's, it's probably really not care, a very supportive right? thing to yes, say yes. but um it, but i think we're we're learning that for ourselves um so i you know i don't wanted to push yourself so much that it becomes um I have to be everything that I can be <laughs> you know just be happy that's just right. do the things that's right. that make you happy um you don't have to be the best at everything and that's right. you know uh, that's a lovely encouraging message to give people yes but um don't always try to be the best you know yes. just just be yourself yeah that's driving yeah. for perfection is no, that's, awful yeah and yeah. I think sometimes when there's so much uh I don't mean to to take a positive and turn it into a negative, but I just think there's a lot of pressure, um, on on girls to be perfect and to be all that you can be, and you know, yes, and and in a way that's hard, you know. It's okay to fall down a few times. It is. It is. So that's the kind of mommy I'll be, yeah. you know, or that yeah. I am, um, you know, be the best that you can be, do the things that make you happy. Mm-hmm. But no perfection. Don't stress yourself about yeah. it. Yeah. And I say that I'm a perfectionist because I just don't want her to be me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we do. we were all partners. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Someone once yeah. said, you can have it all, but not all at once. That's true. And I yeah. like that. Yes. because that's very true. Yeah. Try to, to achieve the things you want, but... You can't be all and have all That's that's a better way of phrasing it. Yeah, that's very good. I'll steal that from you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Tell me what you're, um, you're you're writing another book right now. Do you have aspirations or any intentions to get back into television?
3: Well, I okay. still am. Yes, I. Well, Flawed was optioned by Warner Brothers. Oh, uh, great. Yeah, Which is great. And went yeah. to Feinerman Productions. And wow. They are the same team behind the PS I Love You movie. Okay. Uh, which is fantastic because I've known them for over ten years now, and there's a great relationship there. Good. And um, they're writing the script at the moment, so hope it's moving. So it's moving are happening. Wow. Um, so which awesome. is always hard. Movies it takes a long time. Yeah. And uh, I, I still am working in TV. I've had uh, a couple of things since Samantha Who. And I work with ZDF, which is a German network, and they um, I create original TV shows for them. And so they film in Ireland, um, which is fantastic. It's it's basically a Sunday night primetime slot. So it's a 90-minute TV movie, and they film it here two a year.
0: Oh, so, that's yeah, fantastic.
3: So, yeah, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm always... i was so lucky with Samantha Who. It's a massive... I mean, that it got that far on my first attempt. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, I
1: know it's such a young age, yeah. so the potential is there for so much so more. So we're
3: constantly developing, you know, um, always creating new ideas, always pitching new ideas, always sending in new outlines, and some get to pilot stage and some don't. And yeah, some, you know, I keep it, trying. Yeah. I always try, and uh, but I, you know, it's, it's um, I have so many different ideas. Some I know that are novel, I know that I want to read the story, I want to write the story, and um, some I think need to be seen. Um, And so there's a difference, you know. So I think it's just a short story. So I have so many very different ideas that they... That need to be told
1: differently. I think I know this answer, but I'm going to ask you, would you ever want to be in one of the yeah. movies? No. Well? Because I think you should. <laughs> no. Now the listeners can't see that you. I'm sitting across thing. from you. No, you have, you have you're very animated and, and oh, that's the old me.
3: You know, yeah. when I think when I was younger I did that whole singing dancing. Yeah, tell me thing. That. I
1: wanted to go back to yeah. that. You did you you did perform at one I time. Didn't. You were in a pop band. Oh I know, yes. It's
3: terrible. Like YouTube is just terrible <laughs> <laughs> in all history. <laughs> um, what were those years like? I just adored it. I loved singing. It. I started as a child, and I was doing you know jazz and tap and hip hop. Um, I was I was in competition groups, you know, where we would be we were in hip hop groups where we were competing against each other. And then I was teaching children um, dance classes, and um, it just developed into doing musicals and shows. Um, a singing in a pop band—that's yeah. um, every girl's dream. That was uh, my dream at yeah, one time. When we, <laughs> uh, would but you just, have to have the ability, exactly. Yeah. And we were not uh, very good together. So, uh, and we were quickly dropped by a record company, which is probably the best thing that they could have done for us.
1: Oh, my gosh! And so, yeah, I had a, but you—but you, ch- you attempted it. You, I mean, that's a, yeah. that takes a lot of guts. Well, that's what I say about my parents. They, uh,
3: even though, I, and a lot of these things were happening when I was in school and important years in school, and they let me do it, which is. I mean, I don't know if... I, I'm not going to say it so they, don't, they hear me, but I, yeah. <laughs> I just, it's amazing that they let me do it because yeah. they said they could see the passion that I had for it and they wanted me to, you know, go for my dreams. And that's yeah. a brilliant thing that any parent can do for it their is. child. So um, I had that opportunity and I can say that I gave it all of my energies. <laughs> yeah. And... Um, and, I'm then <laughs> and then turned to writing. And then turned to writing, Yeah, which I was doing secretly, quietly anyway, which yeah. is never telling anybody about it. Yeah. So I, I found the right place to <laughs> go. But I did have a cameo in uh, Love, Rosie, which is my second movie. Oh, you did? It was the director's idea. And, um, was that filmed in the United States? That was filmed in... I actually know Canada for some of it, and Ireland. Oh, OK. Yes, we had a German director, set in, in the UK, filmed in Ireland... And Toronto. It was very wow. mixed and written yeah. by an Irish book written by an English writer um, with Lily Collins, who is yes. an American actress, yes, yes. putting on an English accent. <laughs> so it, was, it was brilliant. I loved that movie and Sam Claflin as well. Yeah. And uh, So the director says, we'll I'm going to give you a cameo role. His idea, not yeah, mine at all. I love it. And as I said, I'm not a in front of the camera person. I was really terrified. And my husband is a trained actor, so he was so cool and he was my date. We were to sit at the wedding scene at a table and, you know, <laughs> armor was just horrific. I um, had to, you know, greet the wedding guests and I had to greet two characters that I had created and they were in character. Oh, well, yeah, that's so that a little was tricky. So bizarre. Yeah, and right? she wasn't a very nice character either, so oh. she was cold with me and I was thinking, I made her this way and that's <laughs> very unusual. So, you um, know, I sat down and I, as the camera was <laughs> zooming in, on I me, mean, I could feel my nostrils, you know, just... <laughs> trembling and I was getting twitches all over my face. I'm, I'm oh. definitely not boring to be to be in front of the camera. Not anymore. Oh my gosh. But and they cut me. They cut me from the movie. <laughs> <laughs> and and they they cut, cut the <laughs> The director said he goes I every time we got to that part in the test audiences were, were saying they're sick and he said it was it was in the middle of a moving speech. It was a big moment. He goes, I shouldn't have put you in that scene. <laughs> I that's very polite. I think it was the twitchy nostril that got me out. <laughs> <laughs> they
1: must have zoomed in to find that. Oh, gosh. Yes. You know, one of the things that has been at the top of the news in in the United States and probably around the world in the film industry is this um, women fighting for equal pay and equal mm. parts and you know, gender equality in film. What are, she, what are your views on that? And And I guess... What are some of the things you would like to see change and, and be better for women in film? Well, I suppose. I mean, I can't say anything other than I fully support
3: it because I think right. um, it's absolutely right that, it, that women should be given more roles um, and that they're not seen as kind of uh, a genre. <laughs> you know, like it's yeah. a women's movie. or. Yeah. Um, and I think... But it, it's very difficult. So So many women are so hugely supported and then there are obviously more roles for men. men, And I think it is... Right, there's a small percent, I guess, that always get some of the roles. Exactly. Um, I want to see it. As a woman, I want to see it. And I think men need to see more women um, and fully formed, amazing characters, not women who are just there to cause the problem (laughs) in the story, but um, who are part of the solution. So, uh, yeah, no, I I completely am behind that 100%. I guess. But, and I suppose for me, it's not something that I really talk about because I always think... Instead of going up and ranting about things, you just have to make changes yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, And I do. So most of my novels are, you know, about women. Um, The main characters are mostly women. And in my movies and in my TV shows, they're women as well. So... and you're strong. Women. I think that's ha- to be honest. I'm not. I'm not an activist, and I'm not someone who, who's good as you just heard at speaking out about. it but what I try to do is put it into my work. You know, yeah. create strong women, real women, right? Um, women that I want to know about and learn about, and that's the, that's all that I can do. That's kind of my side
1: yes. Um, yes. That's my contribution to it. Yeah. No, I think that's a great. You know, don't don't worry about what's happening over here. Just forge your own yeah. path. Yeah. I'll go out and do it. And I because I think there's a lot
3: of talk. In the world, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and a lot of, of noise. Is, there's a lot of noise, and and that's good for awareness, and it's good for the conversation. But I, I think the doing is really, really important as
1: well. Yeah, I agree, and I think that's what's happening now. Yeah. That women are, you know, there was a big uh, feminist movement in the '70s, mm-hmm. you know, where where women were stepping out and saying we can do the same thing. Yeah. And today, there's less. Uh, I believe what, what what I've seen from doing this show for four years is that women are just forging their own path and, yeah. and starting their own businesses and, yeah, that's, you that's know, creating things um, without worrying about the barriers. That's true. Yeah. yeah that are different. Tell me what, um, this is a loaded question, but I, I always like to ask it. Well, it's a great star. What picks <laughs> you up at night? What, you know, oh. when we live in a world where we are aware of everything that's going on mm. all day long, globally, what are, what are some of your greatest fears? Oh my goodness, I don't know if we have enough time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole book.
1: <laughs> this is like a whole
0: other hour. So maybe well, maybe
3: we'll
1: break it down, you know, day to day, some of the things that are um, mm-hmm. that are challenging for you. And it could be just that, you know, there's days where you can't think of a sentence to write <laughs> and <laughs> that's
3: challenging. Yeah, or for things. me,
1: I think the big thing,
3: I'm very lucky in my writing, is that I have not experienced any major writer's block. I'm very... I have I'm touching what yes, the saying this. Right. Um, I have a lot of ideas and they seem to flow once I get into it because it's like my beautiful magical place where I let myself go. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm happy to sit down and write. Um, I love being a mother. Love it, love it, love it. Love my children. I think what keep, what concerns me the most is trying to do those two things at the same time. Yes. And that's that's a hard thing, yeah. you know, with and not actually necessarily with the going to the office and writing because that's fine, it's you know, the travelling, the promoting yes. and having to be away, so that's currently with my little, my yeah. little dots yes. the, that's, yes. that's the big problem for me but also <laughs> the bigger, scarier issues in the world which is um, what countries am I flying to, will I be safe
1: um, mm. and all of those concerns yeah, yeah. You, we, we can't, you know, not have those in the back yeah. of our mind. As much, much as we say, thing. no matter what's going you, you can't stop from living. You have yeah. to go out, but you have to be alert. And I, alert. of course, have a horrible mind that uh, goes way
3: too much into what if, what if, what if, what if. Oh, what do if? you? So yeah. I imagine all these things before they even happen. But my mom is fantastic because I ring her up and say, I have to go here. Oh. And she'll <laughs> say, can hey. we be stuck? <laughs> write me a note you know? <laughs> please tell them I can't go I'm... a sick note <laughs> yeah. um, and she says you cannot let other people stop you from living your life and if yeah. they ever do then they've won and that is the that's that is what keeps me going it's like that, yeah yes it's the what best keeps piece every
1: country going that has had something yeah. horrific happen um to keep forging forward mm-hmm. do you do you like traveling alone or do you prefer to go with I know I, I don't like traveling alone. I like to have a friend or my husband or my kid
3: or, you know. I am fine. I'm fine on my own. Because I, I, at this stage, I've reduced it to get in really quickly and get out yeah. and get home. <laughs> you um, can go quicker if you're yeah, by yourself, right? I do. I have yeah. kind of, um, it's terrible really, but it, I mean, you just learn how to um, do a huge amount more work in a shorter amount of time. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm fine on my own.
1: Yeah. Tell me... Um, Just to kind of wrap things up, you know, I don't want to keep you much longer, but I'd love to to hear your advice to women who perhaps are listening and they haven't been able to um, take that step towards what it is they're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Um,
3: First, I will say my my advice for budding writers because this is, I know this is for all women, but it kind of applies to everybody. Um, I always say to find your voice because if you're to read a novel, that you really adore it's the voice of the author that you fall in love with how they've told the story and I think times people when they're writing themselves then try to replicate um, if you can f- write how you think and write how you feel then you're immediately different you're immediately unique no one thinks like you no one can write like you that's different yeah. and I think the same then applies for everybody else Yes. if you can again as we said earlier know yourself find your voice yeah. and be yourself um, then that is that's all the focus you need that's all the, the motivation you need because if you understand yourself and know yourself and, and you're brave and fearless yeah. um, then you can achieve whatever you want to achieve yeah.
1: Do you know, are you familiar with Brene Brown I'm sure no. You're, oh, you're should not. I be? You should <laughs> Google her right after right the show, Brené Brown. She's wonderful writer, speaker, and just extremely insightful about being brave. Yeah. Um, and I think I think the difficulty today when we we all hear the um, the advice to find yourself, know. you know, but. But there's so much noise, we can't get there. Mm-hmm. so you, it's, it's important, I think, to be quiet find a quiet place to really reflect. Yeah, I think, but how do you, you know how I've always you-
3: listened to myself. All I can say is that there's always a voice. It's that little voice in inside you mm-hmm. that, um, that you can hear, that you don't necessarily share with anybody else. My friends read my work and say, "That does not sound like you. You don't speak like that. It doesn't, but that's the way my little voice in my head speaks. So I think that's obviously instinct or that's your gut or your heart or whatever that yeah. is. Um, yeah, when you drown out, like when you have the silence, listen to that part of yourself yeah. because it's there and you can't ignore it. So you try to ignore it. But, um, and that's the only advice I can give because that's what leads me and what guides me is that, yeah. little, that little me in there going,
1: no, 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 Yeah, it's that <laughs> intuition and, you yeah. know... The last, I didn't get to ask you this, but do you have a faith, uh, you know, that you live by? Is there, you know, do you pray in those difficult moments? Um, I call it channeling,
3: which do? I guess was is prayer, you know, in yeah. a way, but before it was called prayer. But, yeah, I do, do that kind of focusing, positive, mental, whatever it's called. I yeah. mean, I've made it up. But I, I um, yeah, I go into that zone. And I also, like, see things. Like I, I see things.
1: I see things.
3: <laughs> but if you can see yourself yeah. doing things, that's what I do. I go into my little quiet zone. And um, when I say quiet zone, sometimes I blare music so loud that I am June. in the song. Oh, it's usually right. just about, you know, it's so noisy. Um, and see myself doing things, watch myself carrying out things. And that's, that helps. Yeah. Sometimes I used to learn dance routines that way. I'd go to bed and I would do them all in my head and I would know them better the next day. So wow. in a way, I suppose I'm doing the same thing with... With life. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, it's, it's, you know, we, we all have something different that allows us to, to, um, Think more clearly, yeah. right, and yeah. find answers. And uh, I'm so appreciative of you being so open thank about you. your life and your story, and for allowing me to come into this well, beautiful space and sit with you in my special room, in your special room. <laughs> we're in front of the fire. My, husband. I wish people could see it. And we're on the water. I went down and took a quick picture before I came oh, in lovely. because I was early. <laughs> um, but but thank you so thank much, you. Cecilia. I, I really appreciate I your really time. Thank you very much. Thank you.
2: I'm Jocelyn Ewart, Founding Principal of Entrust Financial in Wayne, Pennsylvania, and it is my pleasure to share financial tips with you during my monthly segment on Women to Watch. I hope you are a regular listener like I am and that you are finding the personal finance tips I provide helpful. Some of the topics we have discussed so far this year are how to get organized, how to help your children learn good money habits, how to create that all-important travel budget, and what steps are needed as you prepare for retirement. Now I have truly exciting news for you, news you can share with your family and friends. As a veteran certified financial planner professional, I just published my first book, Balancing Act, Wealth Management Straight Talk for Women. It is filled with inspiring real case studies to help you and other women move past fear, build confidence, and make the right decisions without financial concerns. Just go to amazon.com to purchase your copy. And please, write a review for Balancing Act, Wealth Management Straight Talk for Women. I look forward to reading it. So that's it, everyone, for another
1: week of Women to Watch. Thank you so much for tuning in. And please be sure to check out our website at womentowatch.net. That's women, the number two, watch.net, N-E-T. And be sure to follow us on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages to keep up with all things Women to Watch. That's it, everyone. Have a great week.